The time is here. Only the strong have survived. Who's got what it takes to continue their season this weekend? Let's dive right in. Go! Making Waves, an NFL Confidence Pool podcast. I'm your host, Mac. And I'm your number one Bears pick host, Bob. (laughs) And it is Wild Card Weekend, or as they're calling it, Super Wild Card Weekend, because all these games are just absolutely super this upcoming weekend. We've got some incredible matchups. We do have some very, very strong teams that made it to the playoffs. Obviously, the two strongest teams, the Detroit Lions and the Tennessee Titans, did not make it into the playoffs. <laughs> oh, that, that's Just a quick kidding. Turn. I was going to give you a shout out. The Bears also did not make it to the playoffs. However, some pretty exciting news. The Bears this past weekend actually did secure the last place in the NFL, which oh. means they have you- the first round pick next year. Did you really have to center it up starting yes. with how we're the worst team in the NFL? You couldn't have just said thanks or congrats on the number one overall pick? I could have said that. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, in the spirit of our rivalry, the mm-hmm. rivalry between the Lions and the Bears, I have to kind of frame it as you guys were last. Which, mm-hmm. But then now it's going to lead you to get a first place pick. So yes. that's pretty good. Well, thank you so much for that uh, one last Bears stab of the 2022-23 season. And how do yes, you do it? For, I mean, you have to. You got to do what you got to do. And I think our fans are all coming to expect that at this point, as am I, which is why we love the uh, the back and forth. But yeah, so this was the worst bear season of my entire life. This was the worst bear season in recent memory. I think it's the worst record the Bears have had in my lifetime. Uh, interesting why you're smiling over there. But yeah, the Bears what? finished the season with a franchise record 10 straight losses. We smoked the Patriots on Monday night in mid-October. And the Bears uh, went on to lose their last 10. But this isn't a negative story. I'm putting a positive twist on this. For as bad as the season was, Lovey Smith, my favorite Bears coach of all time, came through the city of Chicago and the Bears one final time. His final act was a crazy fourth and 20, heave into the end zone, a touchdown, going for two, getting it, winning the game, losing the number one draft pick for the Texans, giving it to my boys. And now anybody who wants... Bryce Young, anybody who wants C.J. Stroud has to come through the Chicago Bears. We've got the power. And you know what? 3-14, and 14, my booty. We got the number one pick. And, uh, yeah, I think it, it goes out saying I'm pretty stoked about it. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear you're excited about it, especially if, you know, you got a losing season. You knew yep. a long time ago you weren't making it to the playoffs. But now – but I'm saying – hold on, hold yeah. on. But <laughs> – you should have seen the face just Bob just gave me. Jeez, I thought he was about to jump through the screen and strangle me there. I was thinking about it. <laughs> but no, if you're not doing well and you know you're not going to go to the playoffs or something like that, I honestly wonder if that's the best case scenario because then at least you know you've got some things to build on the future. Whereas like for me, down to the freaking wire nail biter until Sunday afternoon when the Seattle Seahawks knock my boys out of the playoffs 
My heart was on the floor in a million pieces. Bob was jumping around on my grave. Just Whoa. kidding. He was being so supportive as Thank a you. great, Thank great you. friend. Um, yep. But yep. I don't know. See, I don't know if that's – you might even be in the better position there because at least you're walking away with something. We're walking away with not making the playoffs. But we're still walking away with two first-round picks. So I was excited say, about that. Just – to lead this up for you because I know we love giving each other shots, but you know, real, real represent and real recognize real. And uh, yeah, the Lions were one in six. They had three wins all of last season. So it's, I'm thinking Dan Campbell's seat is boiling hot. His, his bum bum must be melting. <laughs> and he bum proceeded. Bum was on his bum fire bum. It was literally after the dripping first seven wet. Games. <laughs> and yeah, they uh, won eight out of their last 10, uh, finished eight and two, went five and one in the division. And not only did you keep dreaded wicked witch of the west aaron Rodgers, out of the playoffs what a momentum swing for the lions heading into 2023-24 and like you said thanks to matt stafford still given uh you know given given benefits to detroit you get the the sixth uh overall pick from the rams and number 18 so two first round picks finishing um above 500 and yeah winning eight out of ten is a pretty exciting way to enter into next year so I would definitely have to agree. I think there's some bright future for both of our teams coming up here in the next season. So I'm excited for that. Unfortunately, we've got about nine months until we get there, until either of us can watch our boys play again. Uh, very sad, very unfortunate, but it's all right. We've still got some really good football that we can watch this coming up weekend. Over the course of the next month plus, we've got some exactly. good football we're going to be able to watch. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited to just see how it all unfolds. Exactly. And look at us. Being nice to each other's teams. So nice. Ending the season, starting the new year off, just being just being best friends and being so so positive and uplifting. But uh, kind of jump into the other side of the, the coin on that. Just because we only have six teams to go over and we have about 30 minutes to do so. I would love to hear your favorite moment from the regular season and your least favorite moment. Uh, I have both of mine top of mind, but I'd love to hear, hear yours. And uh, we can go back and forth if you'd like or... However sure. you want to do it. No, I love that. So are you talking specifically towards the Lions just because we only have the six games? Or what are you are you referring to, like, as a whole, the best moments in football? I'd say the world is your oyster. It could be something that happened to you. It could be your boys. It could be something totally random. It could be fantasy football. The world is your oyster. I, just, I would love to see your uh, your favorite thing, your least favorite thing of, of the, the regular season. Okay. All right, I like that. Well, I'm going to let you start it off a lot because you've had time to think about this since you asked the question. And okay. I'll think about mine while you answer yours. Okay, I'm going to start with my my most negative moment. It was really near and dear to my heart. It was very personal. It affected me physically and mentally. But I would say I'd have to go back to the start of November. Uh, Bears were still really holding out hope at that point uh, to grab a playoff spot. Justin Fields was just coming into his own and I happened to be at Soldier Field for a very important interdivisional Lions versus Bears game. Uh, I had most of my best friends there, and my best friend was there with me. And, yeah, we were watching the Lions and the Bears, and the Bears just really had the foot on the gas. The hands were around the Lions' neck. We were about to tap them out, and I was thinking, I need to really, really hold this under wraps. I don't want to ruin this great weekend. And then uh, – I think we've talked about what happened in the fourth quarter enough. Uh, the Bears lost a heartbreaker, lost by one point. I felt like I wanted to just roll into a hole and just sleep for the rest of the day. And then I got 11 
really, really good smelling pies to the face. So I'd say the Bears blowing a 14-point fourth quarter lead, getting 11 pies to the face was a great memory, but it had to have been my low point of the of the regular season, even though secretly it was a great day. <laughs> Well, that's interesting that that's your lowest point because that honestly came to mind as like one of my top four, <laughs> my the best moments. But I'll start with I my lowest moment. Uh, Thank you. I'll start with my lowest moment. So it is going to obviously revolve around the Lions. Shocking, I know. Um, but I would have to say I have probably never been as sad as I was this past Sunday when uh. literally, and it wasn't even during the Lions game, but. We were watching, I was watching the Seahawks game. They had to, they were playing the Rams. The Rams had to win and beat Seattle for the Lions to make it into the playoffs. It was a really close game. Honestly, I thought Seattle was going to come in and just wipe the floor with the Rams. It wasn't even going to be close. The Rams don't have staff. They don't have Cooper Cup. They don't have Aaron Donald. They're three best players on the team. All of them injured have been for a couple weeks now. And I just felt like there was literally no shot going into it. I think what made it the like the worst part about it is that they were really close and had a shot to win. There were multiple times that I felt deeply frustrated with some calls that were made, some different things that were happening on the field, um, just knowing how much it was going to impact my boys if they lost. And then the kicker, my, Jason Myers, no, is that their kicker? The Seahawks? Uh, Meyer. Yeah, I think it's Myers. Josh Myers. Josh Myers, Jason Myers. I don't know. Myers we'll go Jason. We'll go Jason. Okay. For the kicker for the Seattle Seahawks, he has the game-winning field goal lined up. He kicks it, doinks off of the post, and it's going to overtime. And at that moment, I had already given up hope. So I was roped back in. And this is what the Lions do to me constantly. And it's everything surrounding the Lions. It does this to me. It reels you in, and then it just throws you out there to drown with no life raft. And then they reel you back in, and then they just throw you back into the deep end with great white sharks. And Whoa. Yeah, I know. Went to overtime. It was up to... The defense, they made the stop. I thought, they've got this. They've got to make it like 30, 40 yards. Baker Mayfield, former Carolina Panther, which, quote, unquote, I should be cheering for because they're my, quote, home team because I live in North Carolina. He snaps the ball. When he goes to heave it, I literally, it was slow motion to my knees. I was like, this is it. It's over because Baker's not that good. Interception. Returned, field goal for the win, game over, Lions season over, devastation. Oh, man, I can almost feel the heartbreak through that story. Yeah. And I feel for you because the Lions did do their job. They did what they needed to do. And if only yeah. that would have been for a playoff spot, it would have been that much sweeter. But, hey, the next best thing is knocking out the Wicked Witch of the West. And You're right. You know. That was a very – very good way. I in the, in the moment I was like, I'm not watching tonight. It's worth nothing. But I knew I had to. It was the last time yep. I was going to see my boys for nine months. Watched them, and to watch him beat Aaron Rodgers in what could be his last game ever Whoa. at Lambeau Field. Gasp! Gasp! I hope it's his last game ever. That was pretty nice. That was sweet, sweet revenge. Bitter, but still a little bit of sweet to end your your regular season with the Lions. A lot, a lot to look forward to. So, okay, that's. Definitely. That's a very, very uh, appropriate 
low for the season, and I'm sorry that it just happened single digit days ago. I hope you're I hope you're getting over it over there. You know, I'm healing. I'm healing I, slowly but yep. surely. I'm wearing a lion sweatshirt, so this I is good that. for us. I'm mending yep. my relationship. Yep. Time heals all wounds, and I, I hope that's the case for you in this uh, in this off season. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And what else, Will, is hearing some good positivity. So yes. what's your favorite moment from the season, Robert? Yes. So my favorite is a two-parter. Uh, I'd say my one of my top two favorites was I've just really been down and out in fantasy the last couple of years. And although I did not win any of my leagues, I did, uh, however, finally get the upper hand on a certain somebody that I've lost to many a times. Uh, oh, my God. I didn't even realize you were you were here. Uh, I actually yeah. ended up playing me, my co-host. Uh, me, guilty. I'm here. <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah, Mackenzie over here. I uh, ended up playing her in our fantasy football league. Not once, not twice, but three times. And mm. I think maybe I've, if if that once, maybe. It might have been zero in all the, all the past years. But mm-hmm. I was able to get the upper hand in fantasy all three times this year. And it really just reminds me that I do know what I'm doing in fantasy. And I might... Be in the losers bracket. Do you <laughs> this is supposed to be my sorry, top sorry, thing of the this year. Is, this is your positivity. I'm sorry. Continue. Th- thank you for allowing me to have my positivity without any interruptions. So just getting to get the upper hand three times showed me it wasn't a fluke. I know what I'm doing. No interruptions. I do know what I'm doing. And there's just a lot to build on for, for next season. So that was one of the positives. Uh, I'm in, I was in seven leagues this year. I did not win any of them, but <laughs> did not get last place in any of them. So we're, we're going somewhere. And I say the other, the other positive probably would have had to be getting to be in Soldier Field twice. I got to go with my dad, which was special. It always is. And I got to go with, uh, with my best friends as well. So getting to be uh, in the house for 25% of the Bears home games. Was it two heartbreaking losses? Yes, but... Uh, always special being in Soldier Field with pe- with people you love, and you know what? I'm excited to build on that in 2023 and get a couple wins. So, a uh, couple things to, to hang my hat on. Yes. All right, I respect it, and I like that your uh, negative is also partially positive. So, great spin on things. Thank and you. The, the only reason I said do you though, because it's hard for me to imagine any other team that has Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. Being in the toilet bowl, but <laughs> that's well, for you. Sometimes that happens when you have Joe Mixon and you trade him away for Rashad Bateman, right? When he's yeah. about to get injured okay. for the season. To be fair, you were being very kind by trading him away. And at the time, though, it was sort of, it was a lot more fair in the early parts of the season because Rashad Bateman was like popping off in the beginning. But yep. it quickly turned into a very uneven trade. <laughs> the trade looked good for about a week, and then Rashad Bateman went on the IR, and then Joe Mixon scored seven touchdowns one Sunday. And I was like, okay, that was <laughs> yeah, he got like fifty re- plus points one week. I was like, that was a very good trade. Oh, also finding our uh, finding our QB of the future. Got to throw Justin Fields in there. Shout out Justin, so excited for you. But yes, I think okay. all the Wave Riders would love to hear your uh, your number one positive of sure. the season. I would say mine is not necessarily a moment; it's more of a feeling. And you only get Which, one, by the way. I did three. You only get one. Oh, okay. That's fine. Um, mine's, yeah, mine's not a moment. It's more of a feeling. So, okay. obviously, last year, the Lions were terrible. I can, terrible. I can admit that. I think we won, what, two games? Three games? Yeah, I think you were. What? I think you were two, yeah, two or three. I think it was two, yeah. And then the maybe the third would have been the throwaway game where it was all 
bench players week 17 of last week or week 18 or, or of last season or whatever against the Packers, yep. but in Jordan Love. But yes, so to come from that season where the Lions only won two or three and to now come in over 500, I think just the excitement and the feeling of the direction that the organization is moving is really exciting to me. And then also just to see in general the way things are shifting from when people talk about the Lions. So I think for everyone, the Lions have been a joke for a very long time. But heading into you know the end of this season and heading into future seasons, to have a somewhat positive spin on the way people talk about it, the amount of excitement from fans, the home games. I was reading all this stuff about them being absolutely electric. I would have loved to have been at Ford Field one of the times. But just the like electricity and the support and just the buy-in that people have for the Lions now moving forward, hopefully it's going to carry over and continue to build uh, a Super Bowl-winning caliber team eventually. Oh, okay. You heard it here first. And that, that was, all jokes aside, that uh... – there's a lot to be excited about in Detroit, and Mac is thinking about a future Super Bowl. So, wow, coming a long way from the three-win season last year, and yeah, definitely a lot of strides made. And I really hope that uh, my boys are in those those same shoes next year. But look at us, so much positivity to start the playoffs. What a great season, and a lot to look forward to. Love it. And another team that is doing that, which will be a good, you know, kind of tie into the upcoming weekend here is that it's exciting to see it happen for other teams. So for the Jags, for anybody who doesn't remember, they had the first overall draft pick this year in the 2022 draft. They are now heading into Super Wild Card Weekend this weekend to play the Chargers. Um, I think that's just exciting for you, for me, I think for everybody. I think that's what makes football so awesome is that anything can change at any point in time. Take the Jags, for example. One change, head coach made all the difference, and look at them now; they're in the playoffs. So, so you're it's saying, that the, yeah, you're saying the Bears next year. Basically, is what I just heard is that the Bears are going to win the NFC North next year and go from first pick to uh, hosting a playoff game in 2024. So, I feel like you're kind of like taking what I said and twisting it slightly. But no, no, no. I'm saying there's a chance that could happen. Okay, you heard it here first from Mac. The Bears are winning the division next year. <laughs> Let's go into some analysis for the playoff games. We'll end on that note. I love that, folks. <laughs> okay, I'm also saying there's a chance that the Lions could do that and go to the Super Bowl. So there's lots of chances. There's also a chance well, that I'm the Queen of England. So <laughs> Oh, that's, that's a fat chance. <laughs> All right, so heading into Wild Card Weekend, we do not have confidence pool any longer. Bob and I will be switching up the format here of how we do the playoffs. We do yep. different things. We may also enter something for some more buco bucks of that kind. But the regular season, confidence pool has ended. Real quick before we jump in, Bob, how do we end up overall? I'm curious. I know we only won the one weekend and won the money back. We made a we made an investment, basically, because we made more money than we put into it. By winning sure that did. one week. But overall, we how do we do? Yes. Yeah, so I know we uh, talked about making this a quick episode. Now we're already at 20 minutes. So I'm actually going to uh, do this very quick. But out of the entire year, out of 25, actually, no, 28 uh, teams or participants in the uh, Pick'em League, we finished 11. So that is absolutely in the upper echelon, almost top 10. 
but we had a couple of games we switched going for the Buko Bucks, and I like to think if we would have done that, we would have had a lot more points. Um, but we finished 11 out of out of 28. Uh, we were higher than – sorry, Eli. Sorry, James. We were higher than the Colorado G-Men. Uh, sorry, sorry, MJ. We were higher than Mojo Magic. What? And we she won a couple Mojo weeks. Ma- she won a couple weeks, so we were higher than her. Unfortunately, my dad, he uh, he was in the top five, so shout oh, out to – Oh, uh, chip shot. Good for to you. Chip shot. He – he was ahead of us, but everybody else I know in the league we were ahead of. Uh, we finished with 1,425 points in the season, and that is a 163 win total and 106 losses. So pretty good win-loss ratio. Uh, we went 10 out of 16 last week. We had 100 points even. If that's not a perfect way to end with a perfect 100, even though it's really not perfect. But we ended with 100 on the dot. I'd say it's a sign that next year is going to be awesome. But, yeah, 11th out of 28, not too shabby. Like Max said, one more money than we put in. I'd say that's a win. All right. I'd take a win as well. 163 to 106. That's pretty good ratio there. So mm-hmm. I like that. And it was a very unpredictable season. So I'd say that's that's pretty dang good. I'd say we know our stuff. Yeah, I think we know our stuff pretty well. Let's see how well we know all of these teams. And now that we've seen them in the regular season, let's see how they're going to shake out in the wild card rounds into the playoffs. Only a couple games standing between all of these teams and the bright lights of the Super Bowl. I'm super excited. I already have my thoughts as to who is potentially going to be in the Super Bowl. I'm sure you do as well. But, yeah, I guess we'll find out if we're on the same page. Heading into Wild Card Weekend, it kicks off on Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with the Seattle Seahawks at San Francisco 49ers. And one thing I was just going to say, sorry that I skipped over quickly, both the Eagles and the Chiefs have first round buys. They are both the number one seed of the AFC and the NFC. So what that means is they don't play this weekend, but the other teams play to move on to then eventually they'll play them the next week. And amazing. And last thing to add before we jump into these picks, which we're going to do right now, but yeah, like Max said, there's six games, two buys. And since we're not doing the pick em anymore in the league because it's only regular season, me and Mac have a little head-to-head uh, playoff thing that we do each year. So what we're going to do, just to give you a quick synopsis, is there are six games. So we're ranking them six for the most competent, one for the least, obviously. And we're going to keep track of points. Then there's four games next week. We're going to do the same four to one. And then we talked about having the AFC and NFC Championship game being worth three points apiece. The Super Bowl being worth five. And we haven't figured out our bet yet. I'm sure we're going to put a little poll up or figure it out and let you all know right when we do. But there is going to be a silly classic Mac and Bob bet with a punishment for the loser. So stay tuned for that. But there is still some stuff on the line. So absolutely, I'm I'm pumped to jump in here. Yes. No, I like it. Thanks for explaining (laughs) that. Um, Yeah, so they'll increase every week. So one point each for this week heading into Wild Card Weekend. So kicking it off, 4.30 p.m., Seattle Seahawks, San Francisco 49ers, and I would just like to say with this one, I think in any of these games, they're going to be close. I don't think any of these are 100%, you know, they are for sure going to win, but I will say that the 49ers for me are, spoiler alert, a potential uh, Super Bowl team this year. I could absolutely see them making it to the Super Bowl with Mr. Irrelevant. Nonetheless, how incredible would that be as a story? That guy is amazing. I'm not going to lie. Bob texted me on Sunday in literally all caps. Brock Purdy 
is incredible. He is not irrelevant at all. Um, and I totally agree. I think the 49ers actually have what it takes to lead the NFC and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. So I do believe that they're going to win this game. The Seahawks have been on a little bit, little bit of a downward slope the past couple of weeks. Geno Smith has been, you know, still winning some, losing some, but starting to write back a little bit more. I really wished he wrote back to me this past weekend, but unfortunately he did not and still beat the Rams, obviously getting into this spot. Honestly, I'm not too jealous of playing the 49ers this first round. So good luck, Seattle, but I think you're going to need it. I think the 49ers are going to take this one. And this is actually my most confident game of six. Ding, 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 dilly, ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Ooh, I like that. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I just came up with that. No one's ever done that all season. Look at us. We're on the same page right off the bat. Um, and I hope everyone's hungry. I know it's uh, local time. It's getting close to dinner. I know when this airs, it's going to be breakfast time. So got a little nug for all of our Wave Riders, our first playoff edition nug. Oh, me so I, hungry. Me so hungry. Nom, nom, nom. Nom, nom, nom. Get a little cookie monster sound out there. But uh, <laughs> yes. I agree. I got the Niners as my most confident. Uh, I was trying to make Mac feel a little better the other day. So I was like, well, you know, not too jealous of the the, the Seahawks. Or you shouldn't be because they do have to go into uh, San Francisco and play one of the hottest teams in football. But I just looked it up, and this is my nugget. I knew the 49ers were hot. I didn't know they were this hot. They are currently riding a 10-game winning streak. So the Niners yep. have won 10 in a row. That That's a spicy at- nugget. That That's is spicy. Nugget. It's a little too hot for me. I need a little ranch. Dip, dip, dip. Um, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Ten in a row. I think if my math's correct, which it is my kryptonite, as those who know me know, that would mean they haven't lost since October because, unfortunately, like I said, my Bears are on a 10-game losing streak, and they won in mid-October. So Niners haven't lost since October. It is mid-January, and they are absolutely on fire heading into the playoffs. So, yeah, the Seahawks, incredible story. People in a very hard NFC West with the Super Bowl reigning champ. Rams, a really good 49er team who made it to the NFC Championship game, and a Cardinals team that made it to the playoffs last year. People expected them to have a great season. Everyone's like, yeah, Seahawks just lost Russell Wilson, who also kind of stinks now. But they just lost Russell Wilson. They got Geno Smith. They're absolutely going to finish last. Kudos to the Seahawks. They made the playoffs. So they definitely uh, definitely shocked a lot of people, but the Niners are hot. They're at home. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant is relevant, and I also have them at six. All right. I like it. Yep. I totally agree with all that you said and more. Uh, Number two seed as well, just for everybody, uh, for the 49ers, if they win this weekend, they get to ride home field advantage for a long time. So potentially the whole way through, depending on what happens with Philadelphia. So that's all pretty exciting for them. I hope that they continue to to move forward and, and ride that streak. Yeah, shout out Christian McCaffrey, too. He's been on a bad team for a long time. His first playoff game, so I'm sure he is stoked. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of first times for a lot of those players. Um, there you know, is. Brock Purdy going out there. I'm, I doubt a Mr. Irrelevant has ever started a playoff game in the NFL, um, especially because that he was the first one to score a touchdown even. So, guaranteed yeah. they've never started one. Um, but, yeah, it's exciting. Exciting all the way around. It's pretty crazy. And then we got someone, we'll get to this in a minute, but we got the Bucks on Monday night with the quarterback, Tom Brady, who also starting his first playoff game. So we'll get into that in a couple minutes. <laughs> a brand new quarterback, fresh out of college. Fresh out of the University of Michigan, Tom Brady. <laughs> All right. Saturday night, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
the Los Angeles Chargers at Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, so this game was a little tougher for me. This is two teams with very young, promising quarterbacks. The Jags, as we uh, mentioned before, aforementioned. (laughs) Uh, They went from worst to first in the division. They were looking like they were dead in the water in about November. And then the Titans just decided to put their pants on their ankles and put egg all over their face. They lost eight games to lose this or to, to end the season. And the Jags just beat them head to head to win the division. So Jags are playing great ball. I think they've won like five out of seven. And Trevor Lawrence is finally looking like the quarterback that people expect him to be. They finish at nine and eight and they have a home game because they won their division. So Chargers also looking really hot. They rested their starters in the second half. Um, but Herbert's looking great. This is his first playoff start. This is Lawrence's first playoff start. So a lot of newbies in this game as well. This was tough. I had this very low. Uh, I feel like, no offense to Jacksonville, it's not really like a football town, so that's not like a huge home field advantage. Uh, The Chargers do have to travel a long way from California to Florida for this game. But overall, I just had to think of who's been a better quarterback throughout their year, who has better weapons, a.k.a. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. I couldn't even think of who the Jags running back is. I guess ETN solid. Uh, But I couldn't really think of any legit receiving weapons other than Zay Jones, and he's okay. And then, of course, my boy Khalil Max on the defense. So because of those factors, I think the Chargers are going to win a really close game on Saturday night. I'm going to be in South America, so I'm excited to check my phone and see the final score. But I got the Chargers, and I think this might be one that we have different, but I have the Chargers at two. Okay. It is one that we have different. Oh, baby. You were right about that. I thought we were going to pick the same on that because just the other day you were talking about how you smelled an upset with this game with the Jags. I definitely hear what you're saying and all the points that you make. I think those are really good points, especially because they, you know, do have the Chargers do have some pretty solid weapons on their team. There's no doubt in my mind that I could see either of these teams winning. I think this is going to be a close game. This is probably going to be a good offensive battle. The thing for me that tipped it over the edge. Oh, and actually real quick. So I'm just going to touch on some injuries. These are all questionable players. I have a feeling they're all going to play, but just to throw it out there, Mike Williams is questionable heading into this weekend. And also Trevor Lawrence is as well. Again, I think no matter what, these guys are about to be out there. They're going to put everything they can to be out there, but just to throw those out there and we'll obviously keep them, keep an eye on them. But so the thing for me, obviously, like you said, you know, offensive offensively they both have been kind of firing on a lot of different cylinders so they're both looking good the Jags defense however is higher up to me than the Chargers defense I think the Chargers do have some more offensive weapons but for me I think the Jags defense has that slight edge that they're going to be able to kind of contain some things and give their quarterback enough time to fire out and what he's been doing lately. As you mentioned, they've been kind of hot. They've been running into the playoffs. I think momentum is a huge thing. Um, So I am going with the Jags in this one. And I also just kind of trust in the coaching as well. Doug Peterson, he's been here before. He's Philadelphia Eagles coach, won Super Bowls. He's a great coach. I think he has is going to be able to have what it takes to kind of lead the charge for his team. Whether they make it past Round one, who knows? That's obviously a time for later on debate. But, yeah, I could absolutely see either team winning. I'm just giving a slight edge to Jacksonville in this one, and I also have them at two. 
Ding, 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 ding. Sort of ding, ding. Like a broken ding, ding, because yeah, we both ding, have ding. two, but we <laughs> selected different teams. So like I said, I'll rewind. <laughs> Whoa, that was actually kind of accurate. Whoa. <laughs> but yeah, no, I like it. I am excited to see what happens um, in all of these games, but I think that's going to be a very close one. Agreed. And I have a feeling we're going to agree on this next one, but hey, it's a playoff, so anything can happen. Anything could happen Sunday, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Miami Dolphins at Buffalo Bills. So the Bills, as we were talking about the 49ers, being the number two seed, the Buffalo Bills are the number two seed on the AFC side. And then the Dolphins are the number seven seed. So again, it's that same type of setup, seven versus two. So for me in this one, honestly, I debated putting this as my highest. I was in between this and the other one with San Francisco and Seattle, especially because I don't believe the Dolphins are going to have Tua this upcoming weekend. He is on the injury list. He and one other quarterback are most likely in our eyes, even though the list has questionable, probably not going to play. I have seen some reports that even the coaching staff have said, you know, basically he's not going to play. And the Tua is question a concussion mark, people, right? He is a concussion people, yes. Okay, I believe. yep. That poor guy, he's had some serious concussions this year. Jeez, yeah, Brutal. no kidding. He uh, definitely career-threatening, and I was reading an article earlier about how he's going to have to take a, a long look at his his future after football if he continues. So pretty mm. scary stuff, no doubt. Absolutely. I mean, I believe that. But, yes, yeah, so he will not maybe not be playing. And then Teddy Bridgewater, their backup quarterback, is also questionable. Neither of them played this past weekend. They barely snuck into the playoffs and they're lucky that they did because some of the other teams, the Steelers, the Patriots, were all hot on the tail. Um, but they snuck in, and maybe Bridgewater will be back out there this weekend, but it's hard to know. So there's a potential we're looking at a third-string quarterback against Josh Allen and co., arguably one of the best teams in the NFL, uh, if not the best. I think people could make an argument for that. And... They're playing in Buffalo. I just don't think the Dolphins have a chance in this one. I know they beat them once earlier this season, but then the Bills also beat them once this season. I'm thinking it's going to be more so like that second game. I've got the Bills at five. Ding, 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 a strong ding, 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 <laughs> I also have the Bills at five. Look at us matching up very well, one half match with the uh, the number. But yeah, everything you just said, I agree. On top of the fact that in a, a very, very happy side update. About Damar Hamlin, he yes. just, I saw today, was released from the hospital in Buffalo. So they moved him to Buffalo on yep. Monday, uh, a week after the scary scene on the field happened. And he is officially released from the hospital. Incredible news. Obviously, the best income, income outcome that uh, we and everybody else could hope for. So on top of the fact that the Bills, I think, very well might be the best team in football. They're going to be playing for Damar. I'm assuming he's either going to be in a box at the field or, I mean, talking to the players on, on Zoom at halftime before the game, after the game. So, And then I, coupled with the fact that Tua and Bridgewater might both be out and the Dolphins have been limping the last month, I got the Bills. I got them at five. Uh, and a quick little side nugget. You mentioned the Steelers, and I had to give them a quick shout-out. So I hope everyone's still hungry this morning. Nom, 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 nom. Mike Tomlin, speaking of the Steelers, I saw this stat the other day. I should have looked it up real quick. But they were the 
them and the Patriots both ended up with the same record as the Dolphins. They lost tiebreaker. Mike Tomlin's been coaching the Steelers for 14 years. He has never had a below 500 record. He, I think they won the last four games of the season. Um, and he's doing it with guys like Mitchell Trubisky. Obviously, he had Big Ben for the longest time, great defenses. But, I mean, Mike Tomlin's just an incredible coach. And uh, someone said something the other day, like, it must be good to be a Steelers fan because no matter what, even on their down seasons, they still have something to play for the last week of the season. So, shout out Tomlin. Uh, shout out to Mar Hamlin, most importantly. And Bills, five. Boom. I like it. We are just cruising through. We only have two more games on Sunday. But it wouldn't be a Making Waves podcast. I know we haven't done it for the past couple weeks without an advertisement. So it is time for a quick word from our sponsor. Oh, am I a sponsor? You're the sponsor, yes. Oh, perfect. (laughs) Today's, this week's Wild Card Weekend Special Edition is brought to you by Tostitos Chips. Get those chips. Wrangle those dips, grab the soda and beers and gulp down those sips. Football's on, so zip the lips. <laughs> but most importantly, enjoy those Tostitos chips. Tostitos chips are available at your local Target, Walgreens, or CVS Pharmacy. One for four ninety nine, two for seven fifty. <laughs> that was actually a good deal too. Wow, I am impressed. Coming into the playoffs, guns a-blazing. That was good. Thank you. After my last one when I was stuck here with dribbles of sweat coming down my forehead because I was going, oh, Jingle Bells, (laughs) uh, Garmin. I I don't want to lie to my Wave Riders. I did practice that prior. Oh, the truth comes out. I needed I needed to have a bounce back with the ads. I feel strong about that, so thank you. Uh, that was great, though. Even if it was practiced beforehand or written down, uh, I liked it a lot. I especially liked the zip the lips part. I thank you. <laughs> I, couldn't, you watch- I couldn't hold it in because I was trying to not laugh, but that was a good one. I if you're watching playoffs football with someone and they're just talking your ear off, you know, just gotta give them with a little hey, zip playoff those football. lips. Zip those lips. Put in a chip. Thank you. Incredible. That was great. I need that bounce back. All right. I better start thinking of mine. I didn't write mine down over practice. Oh, you don't have to. You can just do it off the dome. All right. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Mine might also be chips because I've got some Cape Cod chips here. Oh, (laughs) man. I was eating a little snack before the podcast. So this one's sponsored by chips. All chips included. Everyone just get your chips. Get your chips. And zip those lips. (laughs) Zip those damn lips. All right, so 4.30 on Sunday, we have another game, and this probably, this is the game that I came into it thinking we were probably going to choose different, the New York Giants at Minnesota Vikings. All righty, so this is another one, um, as well as a Monday night, that we could have different, but yeah, this is a tough one. Giants, I don't know, they're one of those teams, they kind of limped into the playoffs, no offense, Eli, no offense, James. Kudos to the Giants for making the playoffs for the first time in, I think, five years. Uh, it's a big accomplishment. They would have been in with the normal playoffs. The Seahawks were the expanded team in the NFC. So Giants would have been in the playoffs any year, even before this new format. But, yeah, I mean, they're just kind of a black team. Daniel Jones really has never proven too much to me. Saquon definitely had a bounce back here. But the receiving core for the Giants is very underwhelming, in my opinion. Their, their new coach, uh, Dable, he came in, brought that New that New York energy uh, that I know everybody loves, and he definitely uh, is a player's coach for sure. And the Vikings, on the other hand, 
I think they're like the fan, and I, I've been saying it all year, so I need to stick on that same that same route and stay in my lane. They're like the fakest. Oh, what did they end up? Thirteen and four. They're like the fakest thirteen win team of all time, if you ask me. They had zero convincing wins, other than of course on Sunday against my boys. I think literally every other win that they had was one possession, and then they, uh, my boys, said, "Oh, we're we're tanking. Take you can take a two possession win into the postseason." But Kirk Cousins, it's very well known that he does not perform under the bright lights. But all that to be said, they're at home. They're in Minnesota. They have a lot of experience this year winning close games. I think, spoiler alert, when they win this game, in my opinion, that, that it's not gonna it's not gonna translate when they're playing the, you know, the 49ers or the um or the uh who else would they could they possibly play? Now I'm blanking. Like the Who oh, the, the, the Vikings? Yeah. I can't, I didn't see the Eagles, yeah. Yeah, Eagles, they could play the Eagles, they could play, you know, the 49ers, 49ers Cowboys. Cowboys could so, be yeah. any of those. I think when they're playing like the actual like tier one teams of the league, that's not going to translate. But I do think they're going to squeak out a win at home in Minnesota. Um, so that's why I have the Vikings and I have them winning on Sunday for three. Okay, winning oh. on Sunday for three. I also have the Vikings. In okay. this one. So I will just say there, it's a broken ding to link because I do not have the same confidence as you. Okay. This one does scare me. It scares me the most, actually, out oh. of any of these games coming up this weekend. Um, so I have this game at one with the Vikings. Okay. I, I jotted down a bunch of notes because I thought that for sure you were going to pick differently because you have been like the number one Vikings are fake, all yep. of that, all season long. So I for sure thought you were going Giants. But, yeah, I mean, you pretty much said it. I feel like both of them really have kind of been going downhill a little bit. If you look at the last couple of weeks for both of the teams, it it hasn't been great all the way around. There's been some wins and some losses, but they haven't been against the best teams necessarily. But, yeah, I feel like either way, going into it with not as much momentum for either team, I agree that – Either one that moves on, I don't know they'll be able to move on past the following week, but we'll get to that when we get to it. I just feel like in a super close game, they played each other on Christmas Eve. The Vikings won by a field goal. I think it's going to be no different. I think it's going to be a very close game heading into this weekend. In a super close game, I'm just going to bet on the proven talent. And for me, that's Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, TJ Hawkinson. I just think the Vikings have more weapons, unfortunately, than the Giants. I'm going to bet on that. I think the Vikings are going to win a close one, but I could see it going either way. So I've got the Vikings at one. Very astute analysis. I like that. And All right, we'll see if the Vikings can uh, hold it down for the NFC North for at least the first round. All right. We will find out, indeed, at 4.30 on Sunday. Two games left, 8.15 p.m., the Baltimore Ravens at Cincinnati Bengals. And for me, I have a feeling, is this mine, correct? This, this, this is, is mine? Sorry, my pen was in my mouth. Yep, no, this is you're yours. good. I have a feeling we are going to agree on this one. I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals here. I'm going with them at four, which I believe you would be as well. Ding, 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 ding. If my math is correct. I'm it glad is. It is. Yeah, I mean, they just played each other last weekend. The Bengals had no problem. Lamar Jackson is extremely questionable for this upcoming weekend. I think there's a really good chance he does not play. 
Tyler Huntley, their backup, is also questionable. Similar boat as the Dolphins. We don't necessarily know who the starting quarterback is going to be. The Bengals kind of just handed it to them this past weekend. They're pretty pissed off because the NFL was going to have it come down to a coin flip of where this game was going to be hosted. Had the Ravens won last weekend. Cincinnati basically threw up the bird middle finger and said, try this. One of their celebrations was actually a fake coin flip. So, yeah, I think Cincinnati's coming to this. Guns a-blazing. They have shown me time and time again towards the end of the season that they are a team to be reckoned with. I'm going with Cincinnati. I got them at four. Easy peasy. Completely agreed, especially with the Lamar news of the possible injury and Huntley. They could be on the third string. Even if Lamar does play, it's pretty known that he's going to be hobbling around and he's not going to be Lamar, especially not having played for the last four or five weeks. Uh, another little mini nugget. So I, I know everyone's probably pretty full from my last couple. So here's a little a little baby nug. But the Bengals are also one of the hottest teams in football. They have not lost since November. They were four and four, and they finished at twelve and four. So an eight game winning num, streak. Num, num. I'm num num num. Just a little one. Num num num. Num num num. And eight in a row for them. Ten in a row for the Niners. So there's some hot, 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 ah, spicy. Some hot teams in the NFL right now heading Buffalo to the NFL. Teams. Whoa. Also, Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Did I say that? No, I just said that. Oh, I thought I said, there's some Buffalo teams. Wait, what? <laughs> like, Buffalo is spicy, you know? That, <laughs> went right, that went right over my head. I was trying to figure out what you were saying, but Buffalo is spicy. Damn. Okay. Like, Buffalo if, sauce. <laughs> damn it. Now I get it. If this wasn't live, we could have erased that part, but now I understand. Now we're it's uh, good. the same wavelength. It was a terrible but, joke, so that's on no, me. I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. But, uh, yeah, I think the Bengals are going to win. They've had no problem beating the Ravens twice this year. They're hot. They had Joey B in their home. So, yeah, I agree. Ding, ding, ding. Bengals 4-4. And as we go into our first ever Monday night playoff game, I think this is a perfect time to transition into our second uh, sponsorship of the special playoff episode. So, hit us. Okay. So, I do have this giant uh, family size Cape Cod kettle chips here. So might as well make this podcast all about uh, chips. Uh, this wild card, super wild card weekend, making waves NFL confidence pool podcast is brought to you by Cape Cod Kettle Chips. Cape Cod Kettle Chips. They are delicious. Nutrition facts. Six grams of fat. Who gives a crap? Just give me a snack. Cape Cod Kettle Chips. Get them today. Yum, yum, yum. Whoa. <laughs> that was that was not only good, but that was very <laughs> educational. Now people know how much fat is in Cape Cod six, chips. Six grams of fat per serving, which serving is about 19 chips. Only 130 calories. And you said you don't give a crap anyway, so who gives a crap? Who gives a crap? Just give me a snack. And Cape Cod kettle chips is that Can snack you? for me. <laughs> that was very good. Uh, impressive <laughs> as always. Can you imagine if you were at someone's house and they're like, oh, these Cape Cod chicks ha- chips have a lot of fat. You're like, don't, I don't give a crap. Just give me a snack. They'd be like, oh my God. I don't God. give a crap. Zip your lips. Give me a chip. <laughs> They'd be like, oh my God, she is so rude. Here's the chips. You're never coming over again. <laughs> very, very good, man. <laughs> I, I I think both of those were two of our best. Very good, very good. We we can only bring our best heading into the Super Bowl. Or, I'm sorry, yep. the playoffs and obviously the Super Bowl around the corner. These teams are bringing their best. We got to bring our best, Bob. Yeah, when we go into our our uh, 
classic um, between the Super Bowl and NFC and AFC Championship episode, our like award ceremony that we did oh, last I can't year. Wait. In a couple of weeks, we get, we're going to have to really come with our best of oh, the yeah. uh, obviously for the the advertisements as well. So I'm sure we're going to be getting a lot of money from a lot of different angles with people wanting to to use theirs. But I'm excited to see who who wins. Maybe Blues Clues. <laughs> All right, sounds good. We got one more game for Super Wild Card Weekend, Monday night, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Dallas Cowboys at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is very exciting, this game. First ever Monday playoff game, I believe. Definitely in recent memory. Um, And, I mean, does it get better than the Cowboys playing the GOAT? And I think, if my my, intuition is correct, I think we're going to be opposite on this one as well I know you have three points and I have one left so this is the least confident and Cowboys had a really good season the fact that they survived and kept the head above the water with Cooper in there for you know a handful of weeks when when Dak went down after an embarrassing week one loss to these Buccaneers on Sunday Night Football in Dallas the Cowboys kept the head above the water they've been treading Dak's been looking really good but they looked terrible Terrible, terrible, terrible on Sunday. And some people were like, oh, they didn't have anything to play for. False. They could have still clinched the NFC East if the Eagles would have lost to the Giants and they would have beaten the Commanders. So they had not only the NFC East title to play for, but a first-round bye, and they got embarrassed by a Commander team that had nothing to play for. The Bucks, on the other hand, it's been very, very well documented. They've been struggling. They had to grind for a NFC South championship. Tom back in the playoffs with another – Home game, ho hum. What else is new? But this team is under five hundred. They're eight and nine, and there's teams like not to rub it in, but there's teams like the Lions and other teams that had positive records. The Steelers, the Patriots, and the Lions all are sitting there at home watching these Bucks have a home playoff game. Sometimes the NFL is just not fair. All that to be said, I think this is going to be a really good game, and I think it's just going to be experience that's going to take over this is what tom is built for this is what he has developed his entire career around is winning these types of games i think tom and the eight nine bucks are gonna send the cowboys packing early on in the playoff again another choke job for the packers possibly a firing of their head coach mike mccarthy i've got the bucks winning on monday night at a confidence of one come on tom okay wow that's Definitely, you're right. We are different on that one. I debated this one for sure, back and forth multiple times. And I know that Dallas had a absolute shit week this past weekend. Oops, explicit, sorry. Whoa. Against the Commanders. That was, yes, very rough. I also am kind of going against myself because all season, honestly, ever since I've like started really paying close attention to football, Dak chokes in the playoffs. The Cowboys choke every year. I mean, it's it's a known fact. It's a known thing that people rag on them for. And I truly believe that is a thing, that they continue to choke. And I would not be surprised if they do it again this upcoming weekend. The thing for me, though, is yes, I know that they had a bad weekend. You said that they could have clinched, but they couldn't have clinched the first round by. They were number five seed they wouldn't have all of, all of a sudden jumped to one seed right well the reason uh so the reason they would have done that so the bucks are the four seed so the top four seeds are the division winners no matter what so the the bucks are eight nine but they're the four seed since they won their division cowboys are what 11 and six but they're the five seed because they didn't win their division right but so they would have maybe jumped up a spot or two but 
they wouldn't automatically be the number one seed in the NFC is what I'm saying. I think they might have been. I don't know if they played the Niners. So if the Cowboys, and you can um, definitely obviously keep going, but I yeah. think because if they would have won, they would have been the one or two, I believe, because what's their record right now? They are eight and eight. Or no, oh, I'm no, sorry. sorry. The they Cowboys. are 12 and five, 12 and five. Okay. So they're 12 and five. If they would have won, they would have been 13 and four. That would have put the Eagles at 13 and four and the Niners at 13 and four. And the, the and Vikings, Vikings at 13 and four. So you're right. Okay. So, so I see what you're saying. So it would yes. come down to a tiebreaker at that point. So yes, they and definitely that, yeah. still, they definitely still had some stuff to play for. I no, totally, good point though. Yeah. You're totally very right. Get that. I, I don't know, honestly, the tiebreakers, if they would have automatically gone and gotten the first round by. Um, either way though, I agree. They had stuff to play for. I think ultimately though, the Bucs have shown multiple times this year that they are not the same team that they have been. Um, Mike Evans just scored his first touchdown since like week one or something like that, like two weeks ago. Um, he has been silenced a ton. Tom Brady has not been looking the same. The offensive line has not been protecting him the way that they should be. Um, I don't know. I'm just concerned about that piece against that defensive front for Dallas. That defensive front is strong for Dallas. I think that if they can put enough pressure on Tom Brady, I mean, you, I saw even last week Atlanta was rushing him, and he was quickly freaking out. Obviously, he's heading into the playoffs. He doesn't want to get hurt. That game meant literally nothing. I think if they can get to him quick, often, especially in the beginning, I think they have the talent to do that. Unfortunately, don't really like the guy, Micah Parsons, but he's an extremely talented defender. I think if Dallas comes out firing, they should have no problem winning. It's just a matter of which Dallas team we see. I'm hopeful for this bet that we see the Dallas team that we've seen to get them to 12-5. and five. That's what I'm going off of, and that's why I've got Dallas, and I've got them at three. Okay, very good nugget, by the way. I just uh, I did know that Evans hadn't scored a touchdown in a while. Yeah, I just looked it up. Not since week three, so very oh, good three. juicy nugget on that one. I didn't realize he hadn't scored a touchdown in like 10 weeks. What crap. Yeah, also but, not to mention their, their running back situation. I mean, Leonard Fournette has been quiet this year. So, I don't know. We just haven't seen a ton of their star players come out and play the way that we've seen them play in the past. And I don't know if it's they just need a change of pace. I don't know what's going on there, but um, it hasn't been necessarily great. And it yeah. also could be they had a coaching change in the offseason. I think coaches make a huge difference at a coaching change in the offseason. They don't have the same coach anymore. So, um, I think their new coach has been doing okay, but it very well could be that it's just not the right fit. For all of them. Very valid. So it's going to be really interesting to see. I think both games that we disagreed on with the Chargers, Jags, and Cowboys, Bucks are going to be very interesting and kind of crazy that I went with one away, you went with one away. And the only difference is I have Chargers for two and you have the Cowboys for three. So those two games are going to, going to uh, determine who is in the lead after week one. Yeah. We cannot wait to see what happens. And unfortunately, Unfortunately and unfortunately, I will be uh, in South America all next week on a little vacation to Ecuador whoop, whoop. and a stop in Colombia as well. So we will not be on air next week, but we do plan to be on air for all the other weeks for the playoffs. We'll have the AFC and NFC episode. We'll have the uh, awards episode between that and the Super Bowl, and then we'll have the grand finale of the Super Bowl episode. So uh, we'll miss you next week, but we cannot wait to see what happens. And can't wait to take a lead on you. Cannot wait. 
We'll see. Luckily, there's lots of points left on the board because, as Bob already mentioned, we increase every week the amount that each game is worth. Supposedly, the game should get better and better and harder and harder to decide, so it's worth more points. So, yep, we've got a lot that we're going into uh, this next week, and we'll see what happens. But thanks for sticking with us. We're excited for all that the playoffs have to hold, and we'll see you in two weeks. See you in two weeks. Peace. Peace. Playoffs, baby.